Well, boys and girls, it's been uh, quite a long time since we had a class podcast a on MoCast. Yes. And, uh, you know, traditionally, we have to start it off with uh, one of the first that uh, ever did it. Um, it was the, 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 the second. I think I think we did Frost, Frost first. first. But I mean, with the, same, with the same guess, I mean... Um, Spoiler alert, obviously we're doing Unholy. We're going to talk about Unholy and how it changed over the course of the 9.2 beta and yep. how it is now on live and what you can expect from the spec. Because I know a lot of people might not, might have the wrong impressions. And uh, as always, the best guests you could ever have, we have says and Biceps, which you might know from obviously the Acuris Discord or our previous podcast, which uh, we recommend you check if you want to know more about Unholy. Or his YouTube channel, you know, the Biceps also has the YouTube channel. Yeah, well, basically, all the links are down in the description in our yes. uh, YouTube podcast. If, uh, if you're listening to this on, on Spotify. But uh, glad to have you guys here back, man. How, how are you? Are you good? Are you feeling good? Yeah, Hello, I'm good. good. How, you guys? how are you guys? Perfect. It's perfect. It's perfect. It's I, very, very clearly not really early in the morning for sure. It, it, it is a bit early in the morning for everybody except Chase. But, uh, you know, we're going to make it work. Uh, just jumping straight into uh, Unholy Dead Night. Uh, I just opened up a couple of things here uh, to, uh, you know, to, to, to make sure I know what I'm talking about now. Uh, well, well 9.2 got some changes for me. Yeah, that's, that's the thing, because this is what I want to start with is, so we all know that pretty much everybody in their bomb has been ranking Unholy pretty low. And uh, to my utmost sadness, I have done so as well, because I've looked at uh, some of the numbers. However, uh, a week or two ago, I think two weeks ago, Unholy got some buffs. So for all of you Unholy fans, uh, rejoice. And uh, guys, can you shed some light as to how is Unholy now? How will we will expect it to perform, you know, once with the double legendaries and all of that stuff unlocked? Still very bad. Um, the four piece got a, like the set got buffed by 100% and it's still very bad. 100%, <laughs> Jesus. Oh, that Yeah, so the, the set bonus was literally double, but... The only thing that Unholy really shines at right now is in like long execute phases. And even that's kind of questionable when Warrior exists. So Unholy is still like bottom of the barrel, I'd say. Like, I wish I could say it was better, but only place it has is an execute. Uh, only hope it has really is if Mythic Jailer has some like absurdly long execute phase, which I guess is totally possible. We haven't seen the fight yet. So, what do you think, Bicep? So, I'm slightly biased here. So, I generally don't fancy um, going saying that it's, you know, it's terrible or whatnot. So, it, it probably won't see play in the Race to Welfare's. So, that's one way of looking at it. Because, you know, we have Frosty K, who's got a very strong niche. You've seen it played in both Anduin and Dreads of Law. Lords of Dreads, sorry. And it does really well there. Whereas Anduin, no, sorry. On the unholy is all about the single target, and it doesn't quite do it as well as other classes. To be fair, I think it's not fully represented in its best kind of way. So, if unholy gets the um, uh, the jailer weapon, and once we get double tear piece, and everyone gets the four piece, there is a lot of things going for it, and I'm quite excited next week when I'm hoping to. Know, obtain all of these things you have lots of bosses where you can leverage the four piece both in the opener but also throughout the fight which means that we will be able to funnel a ton of damage into the boss and you know i play in my raid i generally compare to you know how can i perform versus the raid and i feel like currently unholy is in a sufficiently good spot for at least me contribute to compete for the, the top spot all right, you, you you're a like, little god yeah. amongst peasants, man. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen you. No, play. no, no. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 not one of the best classes, but I wouldn't say it's one of the worst either. It's in the uh, kind of middle ground, where it's kind of fine, but we can also expect it to be buffed next week, for instance. That wouldn't be too surprising. Okay, I, I'm going to counter that a little bit, bicep. You're you're saying because the mace unholy gets better, right? Yeah. Well. You know who also gets that mace? Warriors. Well, yeah, the other classes also get but I'm comparing, you know, <laughs> Unholy versus some ranged classes, whatever. Obviously, you know... Unholy you versus Boomkins, they can use maces. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. The main reason you're putting Unholy up higher is because it gets the mace, which also benefits all the other two-handed melee, like Warrior, which is 
Unholy's arguably biggest competitor. Oh, yeah. But Tails so, also, also when so, you look at it from the point of view, you know, which melee is competitive, it obviously becomes very competitive. So, yes. you know, there was always be that one class and it's very difficult to beat it, kind of thing. And you know, if you're not the best, you're the worst kind of mentality. You know, it's 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 all about perspective and what kind of uh, goal you you essentially have when you you try to figure out which class to play. I play the class that I love, which is why I play on holy. So, yeah, simple. I, I mean, totally get yeah. that too. When it, when it comes to the majority of players, this is not even an issue. I would assume uh, unholy can perform decently for it. I don't know. The rest of the player base. I mean, we're looking at the race world first because maybe this is one of the most difficult race world first. So. You could probably say yeah. that uh, people are going to min-max even more. So if there's like a half a percentage that they can squeeze out of a different spec that's not Unholy, you'll probably see Unholy even less. And that might lead yeah. people to believe that, oh my god, Unholy is just not viable in any way. Because if they don't see it, uh, somebody that they consider as the top player play it, uh, they might not see it as exactly. a viable spec. But it's clearly not not the case. And I mean, we all know if you've done the raid in any capacity, how good funnel damage can be on certain uh, certain fights. And um, oh, and you guys mentioned this this maze. Okay, we obviously have dungeon journals clearly, so we have yes. seen mm-hmm. the gavel that looks shit in my opinion, but it seems to be pretty strong. And everybody that can wield a two hander wants it more than they want love from their mama. I'm just uh, paraphrasing yes. here. But what is this gavel that you guys are talking about? How detailed do you want me to get before I get in? <laughs> oh this? my god, is that th- there's a whole conversation that can be had about it? <laughs> yes. There's right. there's a lot going on with this base. It's, All right. For Unholy specifically, there's some cool stuff that can be done with it too. But I, I just want to know before I get like, you know, waist deep into this, how well, let's, detailed let's, do you want let's me to let's say get? let's say somebody wants to play Unholy now and they say, Man, I kinda wanna really get that gavel. Should I aim it and what does it do for me? I don't know. Let's say, go clarify. You can say that's me too, because I, I don't know. Okay. Gavel of the First Arbiter. Um, Mace drops off the Jailer. Uh, it's the strongest two-hand that uh, Unholy's had access to in a long time. If you think, like, Gediku back in BFA was strong, mm-hmm. this takes it to, like, a whole nother level. Like, several magnitudes more than that. Uh, it's incredibly strong, mostly due to the effects it gives. There's five different potential effects two of which are in AoE effects, two of which are single target dots, and then one of which is single target damage proc. Uh, they all have incredibly high proc rates though, so you're gonna be popping them off like nope, it's nobody's business. So even the like single target damage proc in AoE, it's still gonna be hitting like everything pretty constantly. So really cool stuff there. Um, when you use the mace, it spawns a little soul. Uh, you kill the soul and uh, gives you one of the buffs randomly. Uh, so. You're never going to really be able to predict or manipulate how you or what buff you get. But what I do want to say is if you see that buff pop up and it's boon of the end and you're in AOE, you're going to have a really good time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And that soul too uh, makes things really cool for Unholy. Uh, You remember the four set um, increases our pet's damage by 50% if soul reaper's secondary effect drops. Well, that little soul it summons, you got to kill it, right? Just hit it with the soul reaper. Guess what? You just got 350% pet damage no matter what percent the boss is at. Oh. It's only last eight seconds. Yeah. It only lasts eight seconds, but in your opener, that's pretty big. So, yeah. Base is really cool. So, like, what do you think about it, Bicep? Have you gotten it yet? No, I didn't get it yesterday. Unfortunately, I would have been um, falling off my chair if I get anything. So in the opener, like your your main damage window is quite short. Even if army lasts for you know thirty seconds, when everything overlaps, that isn't that you know long. And then you know eight second buff will overlap most of that. So it's it's going to significantly improve your opener. And I think once you get gavel, like it's going to be difficult to justify using PR on someone else, for instance, because I think unholy is going to burst so high. Yep. Given that, I actually think it's currently bugged. At least people told me that you can't proc Soul Reaper off it yet. But I believe that's unintended, so we're just going to have to report that and get it fixed. Yes, um, cut this part out, what I'm about to say next. So, uh, I already reported to Scar, he's already getting it fixed. Okay. <coughs> oh, yeah. oh, shit. Uh, cut will be uh, implemented. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, so, sounds like a great addition uh, for, for Unholy to, to, to be able to get this gavel. <coughs> I was just under the impression 
that lo- looking at uh, the 9.2 changes, uh, which I'm reading off of Bicep's guide on Wowhead, which will be in the description if you guys want to check it out. Um, at first glance, when when I saw this, when this, when this shit was announced, it was kind of like sort of addressing what we kind of talked last time about on Holy, you know, the problem with a lot of the conduits. So something has been taken in and I'm just going to go through them a little bit because maybe some people mm. don't know or, or, or whatever. Um, so there's like uh, four major conduits here that 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 got, uh, let's say, buffed. Um, the convocation of the dead reworked uh, now has a base one second CDR and scaling first ring wound damage component. Um, embrace death damage buffed by 14%, eternal hunger minion damage buffed by 100%. And Brutal Grasp, both by 100%. Brutal Grasp is the one that affects the, the, gra- slappy, the hands. slappy hands. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, we never did talk about this, and I wanted to, to see your guys' point of view on this. Was this enough? Was this satisfying for you guys uh, in terms of like what, what, what would they go for or how would they fix it? Or do you guys feel they needed to do even more in terms of like the whole conduit issue for Holy? <laughs> Anybody can go. I feel like it was bot um, on, really. It, uh, you know, our condos didn't scale very well. This made them scale, you know, fine. Convocation was great. You know, the fact that we got extra CDR reader didn't matter for us. So fixing that and adding a scaling component to something else, great. Brutal grasp buff. I'm not quite sure why that got buffed so heavily because it kind of, I thought it was kind of fine compared to the other ones, but now it's very juicy. That means our uh, abomination limb just deals a ton of damage. I think they did that to make it compete with Faye because of uh, all the issues I brought up with uh, Faye being oh, so yeah. goddamn strong. And they didn't want to buff a bomb's limb into you know, the moon, so they just put some of it into the conduit. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, as, you, as we talked about previously, even though Unholy got these buffs, it's not performed that well. But that's mostly a factor of not scaling very well with the extra systems. So, you know, as we said, the four set isn't that great. Double legendary, you know, it's fine, but compared to other classes, it's not as powerful. So, kind of unholy baseline is really quite nice with these conduits buffs, but then the extra systems are not powerful enough to put it in a um, top spot, so to speak. So that's where yeah. the main difference would come from. And I mean, this happened even after they've buffed the tier set for hundred percent, and still not enough. So they were way oh. off, I guess. Yeah, imagine yeah. like the sorry state of Holy would be if those conduit changes had not happened, tier set had not been buffed. Unholy would be like doing less t- damage than tanks, and it's kind of crazy to think about. Uh, especially considering like I I've, I've been talking about these conduit issues for well over a year now. I pointed it out to them, been like, hey, this is what needs to happen, guys, and they finally did it. And then the next borrowed power system he gets just horribly undertuned too. And it's like, come on, guys, <laughs> you're so close to greatness. Just so close. <laughs> I, I wanted to circle back to uh, to what you mentioned very briefly, uh, something that I was not personally aware of, uh, the, the power of Night Fae. Can you explain that a little bit? I know that oh. personally it's going to be really good for Blood Decay. Um, I'm not sure why it would be better for Unholy. So if you guys can uh, shed some light on it, if it's ever going to overtake uh, Necrolords, that is. Um, did you want to take this one by step, or did you want me to do it? Because I did most of the leg work. You can it. start off, and then we can, you know, go back okay. and forth. Back. Yeah. yeah, no worries there. So, um, Night Fae. When we're heading into 9.2, before all of the conduit buffs and everything happened, uh, Faye was looking like it was going to be the strongest option for Unholy, like, all-around period. That's mostly due to a combination of um, effects that we could have stacked once we got the l- double legendary. So, those effects being Defile, Death Certainty, Rampant Transference, uh, as well as, uh, what was the other one? Can't remember. But we're basically able to stack these effects together to where... You can get 100% of time on Death's Dew's debuff. Oh, Withering Ground. Duh, the Conduit. Mm. So uh, we were able to stack all those effects. So you get an average of 14 second cooldown on Death's Dew. So you get 100% of time on that 20% strength buff that was um, given by Rampant Transference in um, 9.2. Uh, it ends up being just incredibly strong, even more so when you consider Withering Ground and Defile's damage multipliers are multiplicative with each other. So yeah. you end up doing yeah. like absurd amounts of damage with the file in itself like it can break a thousand dps in single target kind of absurd so 
in multi-target. It's very unusual, right? Because yeah. death and decay really is a non-factor in our yeah. damage usually. And now you can't you, you stack so many effects on top of itself that it becomes a proper, you know, you put this down and it deals a ton of damage. And the cool thing is, it's entirely uncapped. It's not square root either. You drop that in AoE, it's going to deal absurd amounts of damage to everything. We're talking like 2,000 DPS per target while it's active. Per target. When you play this in uh, dungeons and you look at your damage breakdown, it's going to be one of your top. You have like Epidemic, you have Clone Shadows or Scud Strike, and then you also have... Oh my god, the BFA dream would would have come reality again. Yeah, well, it, that's still going to be a thing in Mythic Plus. Um, people are probably going to be like, oh, but I like Necrolord, I like my slappy hands, but Nightfay mm-hmm. with Rapid Transference, once we get that tomorrow, from time of recording anyway, uh, we're getting that, and it's going to be absolutely insane. Um, it also opens up another cool legendary for those Mythic Plus scenarios. Shambler. We're actually going to be using Shambler really? in Mythic Plus now, and it's kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's it's so the return cool. of the uh, infected claws and bursting source build. Yep. It really, um, you know, builds itself into that build specifically. You get this definite K windows, which are going to give you twenty percent strength, right? So the idea is to try and put all your DPS within these windows, and that's exactly what the infected claws and bursting source build does. So that's why they kind of synergize <laughs> very well. Yeah, absolutely. And with the 20-second cooldown at a file, too, you're able to get those bursting sores windows so much more often. The sustained AoE damage that this new Unholy build's going to do is going to be really, really good. It's not going to be as good as Frost DK with their four set, sadly. But it actually gives Unholy a nice little niche in Mythic Plus where it can do good AoE and it can do insane single target. So mm. it might actually be a decent pick for Mythic Plus. My only concern is Frost's a thing. Yeah, yeah. Frost the thing, and DK generally doesn't have good Mythic Plus utility. Yep. So that's going to make it tricky to justify. But it's going to be fun to play. Absolutely, yeah. It's going to be a blast at the very least. You guys um, talked a bit about how to balance. And I mean, we've kind of discussed this topic in the last uh, two episodes of Unholy about how the scaling is an issue and how Unholy takes in all the external powers as well. And you mentioned that uh, the main reason why this would have been so good is because you ended up stacking a lot of multiplicative effects on top of Unholy. And it just reminded me that wasn't that kind of how BFA was as well. Because you stacked, not only were you stacking the effects of, you know, the the raw amount of bursting damage, you also had the strength from Fresher Might and uh, so on and so forth. and it kind of makes me think, as someone who's uh, just an average Unholy DK, isn't that how Unholy will ever going to be good? Is is that is that a design flaw? Is that the only way that Unholy will over, all, ever be good? By having mul- multiplicative effects stacking, which will always be in the danger of becoming incredibly broken. And we remember the, you know, the the damage it used to do in, in BFA and AOE, where it was like five, ten times more than anybody else in the, in the group. Because of mostly the uh, the unstackable, the uncapped AOE. Um, so, what do you guys think? Is this how the spec is designed, and is this how the only way that it could uh, always function because of all these mul- multiplicative effects, or will it ever have like I don't know some baseline uh, floor of damage or performance that it can put out without having to worry about okay, am I getting this five percent from there, and this five from there, and this five from there, and so on and so forth? I think short answer is no. There's no uh, necessity to have any, you know, scaling upon scaling upon scaling. I think people overestimate, you know, oh, these classes scale well, these classes don't scale well. It generally doesn't work like that. People say that Unholy doesn't scale well because it's got a mastery, mastery nerf. That's not entirely true. It's all about borrowed power systems. You know, if you spin the Lustra Wheel and you get a good borrowed power, boom, your best class, right? It's not about some fundamental scaling with the classes or whatever. It's just, you know, did you get an overpowered tier set? Voila, you are good. Yeah. That's how it Absolutely. works. Uh, and if we look at, uh, if we strip away all the borrowed power from all the classes in the game and we look at it, Unholy is actually like number two. It is one of the best specs baseline period. So it doesn't have issues with its baseline being too weak. It just has issues where they design these borrowed power systems and they just don't end up being very good for Unholy unless we can just stack them on top of each other. Just because each borrowed power we seem to get isn't very good on its own. 
So we have to figure out ways to where we can make this borrowed power, borrowed power good using other effects. It's kind of weird uh, how they keep on doing that to Unholy specifically. Because, I mean, for looking back at BFA, yeah, that, that was a thing that happened. Uh, even late uh, BFA, we would stack the effects of, like, Magus of the Dead, Army of the Damned um, together to be able to, you know, have these big armies more often towards the end of the expansion. It was cool. But I, I wish they would step away from that and put more power, or allow the borrowed power to just be good without... Having it stacked with other things. I think this tier is a bit unprecedented due to the power of the tier sets. That like they didn't used to be this powerful. If you no, look no. at you know two piece plus four piece, you know ten fifteen percent. Some classes gain you know thirty higher. Look at Frosty K. <laughs> yeah, they gain so much, and I think that it's just a bit unusual. It really is. Uh, I went back and looked at all the historical data for um, all the tier sets going back. And then the like total tier set bonus average was like 9.8%. And right. we have right. specs right now like Frost DK, which gains between its two and its four set just an absurd amount. It ends up being like 26% <laughs> over its bit damage before. And that's in single target. And anyway, Frost ends up gaining like 40%. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> I think I'm holding against like 15. 14.3. Uh, Right. That's specific. We're, we're going to be specific here. Super exact. 14.3%. Well, I have the spreadsheet up next to me right now. I actually, like, <laughs> yeah. I have all the distributions of everything. Uh, unholy with the fourth piece, with all will serve, so actually 14.6. And unholy so compared without to two piece. Uh, two piece is 4.8%. Okay. Got it. That's, yeah. that's the buff it gets. That's what it gets from the two piece? Yeah, it's, it's pathetic. I think I think my prot warrior yeah, is getting right. more from my two piece than unholy. I'm getting the same yeah, on yeah. my red paladin man for the two piece. Oh, the Jesus, four pieces are it's at. So all right, just to, just I want to say this, you know, even though the uh, the tier set isn't you know that powerful, it feels nice <laughs> in some cases. Yeah. When you're playing a raid boss, you get into execute. There's a late blood loss, mate. Your DPS just pops. Yes, it's gonna be. Uh, it, it, it's like you know, oh, you're seven for the meter. You get blood loss. Armor comes out. And you climb, 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 climb. <laughs> oh, that's it feels so good. You know I, how it is. Yeah, yeah, it's good. But I think beautiful. Time. Yeah, the credits where credit is due, and you guys can correct me because you play more unholy than me. But I've played unholy for some years now, and it's been uh, regardless of its performance, it's been pretty fun in Shadowlands. Um, the changes to the talents, the way the rotation feels uh, in dungeons as well. I've I've played more in Mythic Plus than in raids. But it feels really nice to play. And it kind of sucks that sometimes the numbers are maybe not very indicative of how fun it is. And, you know, we're always going to have that argument of, oh, the, the, the most fun specs are the ones that usually underperform or things like that. But, I mean, yeah. they're onto something with the current design of how mechanically the spec works. I think the only issue, like you guys said, is how it takes in the external powers. Because I was going to ask you that, and you already answered the question about how would unholy feel? Let's say we're getting into 10.0. All of the stuff is disabled. We're not getting the new powers yeah. in. How is unholy going to look? Because I remember at the beginning of 9.0, unholy and I think marksmanship were like some of the best classes in the game before getting all of the stuff in. I, I know right. that we had like a legendary or something, but that was about it, right? Yep. I um, think... Uh, or, sorry. No, go ahead, Bicep. I've answered most I of the I was going to say... Right? That you know, unholy currently is in a bit of a special spot because everything aligns to make it play nicely. We play a build which makes so we can pop our cooldowns on a forty-five second window. We have the conduits to reduce. We have the talents to reduce the CDR. So you know, generally it plays quite nicely. It's basically a spec who has uh, three cooldowns on a forty-five second window. Has a big cooldown every three four minutes, and that's how you play it. However. You could just as well have picked up another set of talents, which would have made you play awfully when nothing had aligned, and you would just press your cooldowns whenever they come up without, you know, combining them. And if you remove all the borrow power, that's kind of how Unholy will play. Yeah, we got so this, very lucky. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's very good that the best build that deals the most damage also feels the best to play by far. Yes. We got very lucky in that regard. Like, if Gargoyle was good, for example, Unholy players would be hating life right now. Because yeah. the, the, the opener alone becomes, like, 25 seconds of, like, 
pre-planned globals that you know you're going to be pressing every single time just because you have to set up for gargoyle then you have to you know set up for your army you have to set up all of your cooldowns so they all overlap together and in between all that you're trying to feed rp to gargoyle it's just a mess yeah so people say they want gargoyle like please no <laughs> uh and another thing uh once we turn off What's all those bar powers I, I know myself, I do two buttons. <laughs> Once we turn off all these bard powers uh, going into 10.0, Unholy is going to feel a lot worse because a lot of the bard powers we get are kind of adding into what makes Unholy feel smooth to play. Uh, look at Deadliest Coil, for example, a 30 RP cost death coil. Losing that is going to feel like a major blow to Unholy's rotation. But we're going to go back to having, you know, four mm. or five second periods of time where we just can't press any buttons because we're out of runic power we're out of runes or we're sitting at like 38 runic power and it just feels terrible because if you could just press it, you could get runic corruption get runes back and you continue your rotation but you can't it just feels terrible uh and then convocation of the dead with its cdr right now allowing apocalypse to align with light and dark transformation that's going to be gone once we turn those off too so apocalypse is going to be on this weird like 60 second cooldown or like 63 second i guess it'll be cooldown so it's not going to align with anything and it's not going to be worth holding for the next set either it's just when we turn all of this off it's going to feel really strange for unholy i really hope that they baseline some of these things yeah, especially yeah. The they're going to change things right so you yeah. know they're not going to move into next expansion with just removing all the borrow power and that's it so yeah. i have faith that they, they understand what it would play like and if they don't change these obviously we provide a feedback saying that you know this is not very nice yeah absolutely change it based on that yeah, like the, the things I want to see carried over into the next expansion at the very least is going to be that 30 room power death coil. That's going to be a oh, major yeah. thing. Uh, unless they make our, you know, um, runic power generation just absurd for some reason, then it'll probably be fine at 40. But I don't know what they're going to do. Mm -hmm. I just hope that stays. And then I wouldn't I mind if they removed the CDR effects. So we'll say I was about to get to that. Please just. Give us set cooldowns. You know how much I rack my brain trying to figure out how to align cooldowns, Blizzard? Just <laughs> please make Army a three-minute cooldown and Apocalypse a 45-second cooldown. Don't give it to us in borrowed powers, please. <laughs> but it is it is true that um, in previous expansions, they used their external powers to, to bake in spec, spec uh, to fix spec issues, more or less. You can see it from Legion to BFA, from BFA to Shadowlands. It could be the case. An interesting point you guys made, I, I wasn't aware of this, that, you know, stripping down a unholy decay of everything that's, you know, borrowed power, uh, when compared to the others, it, it, it's kind of great, right? Now, um, we kind of know, more or less, that, you know, the next expansion won't be as heavy with borrowed power systems. So, if you if we would take, like, the changes you guys mentioned, you know, from... Uh, uh, the death coil thing, you know, the, the CDR or whatever, and being baked into the uh, the spec, and then maybe all we get into the first tier and second will we'll, we'll be classically tier sets. Would you guys feel this would bring back, you know, the the sh I won't say the shaker, this is really fun spec, but you know, the spotlight on unholy DK. So just having one borrowed power, traditionally a tier set for the next expansion, and maintaining the let's say base kit as it is with a couple of changes that are <clears throat> let's say make make it feel more 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 smooth because we still have dead talents right you talked about gargoyle you, you talked you you always make the case about gargoyle she's like you, you you guys you think you want it but you don't yes that I, I mean would it would it shed the spotlight once again on the spec and if so how how would they address the other issues? Okay, because uh, um, this is a recurring theme every time in the podcast. They still have to look at some of these talents. They still have to do something about some of these talents that are never played. Because, again, really trappy for new players. If you go the wrong build, you're going to be very, very sad. And you're not going to have fun. So, is this okay? Could we maybe have some flexibility there? Or should we just... Okay, this is the talent build. Go for it. All expansion. Oh, yeah. See you in two years. I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, situational talent choice. We kind of, you pick up, you know, you, you, you choose your talent based on situation instead of you picking into one build and then run that always. When it comes to, you know, putting Unholy in the spotlight, it's all about, you know, spinning the wheel to see if we get better powerful. It's... 
I generally feel like, uh, as I said previously, people overcomplicate things, and if you end up being a bit overtuned, then people play you, and you see yourself representing the world race to world first, and there's lots of buzz and lots of people coming in. We saw that happening in Carsonafria, right? There's nothing majorly different with Unholy now compared to Carsonafria. It's just that it fit really nicely into the boss fights, and we didn't have much borrowed power yet, so everyone else hadn't really popped off and, you know, gained the lead versus Unholy. I'm generally, you know, I'm very excited for 10.0 because it's always fun with new stuff, trying to figure out new builds. I'm happy we don't hold a place now. I think it could have been, it could be more fun in Mythic Plus, but that's another thing. And I think, you know, it's probably going to be lots of fun next expansion. I'm going to play it and I'm going to enjoy it. I have a positive outlook, but I'm, I always have that, so, you know. Yeah, I mean, you're a little bit much. too positive yeah, sometimes. We, we, we talked about it, man. We need to have an intervention. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what yeah, about you, Tease? My thoughts on this is... Unholy, if they want to make the talent tree more diverse and they want to make it more fun for the average player or the average Joe to be able to just pick whatever they want and roll with it, they really need to lean more into Unholy's niches. Uh, right now, we have a talent tree that focuses on diseases. We have a talent tree that focuses on uh, pets. We have a talent tree that focuses on wounds. And if you look at the tree, you can see those very distinct paths that you can take down the tree. If somebody wants to play a Festering Wound build, they can totally play a Festering Wound build, but it just, it's super undertuned. So I think in order to make Unholy's Talent Tree shine really well, they need to remove one of those options and then balance it out. The, the option I want to see removed is Festering Wounds. Just delete that from Unholy, please, for the love of God. They're just old rogue combo points that were per target. They're not fun. Please just delete them. Rework the talent tree to be, you know, you have a path that's focusing mostly on diseases, have a path that's focusing mostly on pets, and then have a couple, you know, situational ones like, say, make Gargoyle a single target, um, final row talent choice for the pet build, and then have another, you know, talent choice in that row that's another pet that does AoE damage, for example. Uh, you could make, like, you know, a Magus of the Dead that does AoE. Just put it right there in the talent tree. It's totally possible. <laughs> But I think that's what they need to do in order to make Unholy's talent tree more diverse. Because trying to focus on three different things, they're failing at all three of them most of the time. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's I'm a little bit skeptic when it comes to major changes. They, they kind of they were kind of lazy to do that with all the specs. Uh, they take one or two or three specs per expansion, at least in the last track record, and they do the the major overhaul or whatever. And especially talking about you know removing talent stays the, the, that sounds now in the current days it sounds very very big for them to take I know it's not hard but it, uh, mm. in, in the, the perception of how they do things and how they change things uh, it, it feels eh. but on the other hand um, I kind of I, I kind of vibe with, with, with uh, uh, Bicep's uh, uh, attitude here because you know at the end of the day you know, yeah, we do live in a world right now where everybody just looks at race towards falls, just constantly looks at blogs and make a decision based on that, what to play. Uh, they kind of exclude the fun component out of it because uh, mm. fun for a lot of people means top DPS. Let's be real. That's it kind of always was like that. But then the last, I would say, three expansion, it kind of degenerated into this. So I think... If you have a spec like Unholy, which, okay, if you look at logs right now, cheeses or not, you won't see it like, oh my God, this is like super meta or whatever. But then again, you have folks like Biceps here who plays the spec for long as time, do, does really well on it. And he tells you, listen, man, this is really fun to play. And you haven't even broken the potential of the spec yet. Just wait a minute and you'll see, you'll do good. And generally we kind of talk to like, let's say uh, the average player here where you don't have competitive mythic world the race to world first boys in the group or if you have you have one or two but if you love your spec and you play it good it will be fun and you will yeah. deliver well this is the thing uh, and we we had the uh the pleasure to play with biceps a couple of times uh in in in, in shadowlands actually and we haven't like we we, we didn't have unholy bean meta and he was like you know shitting on us no problem yeah that's why i play tank now no competition <laughs> whatsoever i cannot compete with an unholy now exactly exactly so it, it's it's def it's definitely 
a thing of perspective how you look at the spec yeah sure yeah. technically numbers wise it's not at its best and it has strong competition come on let's be real frost is insane right now it's but yes. it, it wasn't always the case this is another thing it's one thing to, to to compete with warriors and rogues or whatever but when you compete within your your class dude uh, let, okay credit where credit is due man frost kind of needed a little bit of love for, i know I, i'm not for, i'm not trashing for, frost. For, for some time and uh, we do yeah. have a tendency to talk a lot about the uh, the mechanical parts of things, the mathematical parts of things uh, during specs. But there's one thing that I feel like, at least for Unholy, needs to be discussed a bit more. And that is the aspect of fun, which can be translated into the theme. Because potentially, Unholy is may maybe one of the most rich spec when it comes to themes. Because Blizzard, the devs have killed a couple of thematical specs to make unholy we don't have necromancers because we have unholy we don't have diseases specs because we have unholy like witch doctor type specs because we have unholy because those diseases were from other classes as well and obviously we have the dk theme the death knight theme as well through unholy the resurrection the zombies the all of that stuff all of it is in unholy and like you said taze i think maybe something that we can make hopefully people and eventually the devs more aware of is that this theme is kind of really cool to play with like you said you had a a, a, a section of the talent trees with, with with diseases one with pets um th there's also the theme of you know the soul ripping part which is kind of affliction-y warlocky with soul reaper and stuff like that which also fit, fits into unholy so it's very rich and i feel like they could definitely use those to create themed builds you could say i don't know Pets is the single target version of the build. The wounds is the AOE. But it does kind of feel like the, the potential of this being being attained is kind of held back by the talent structure. I don't, I'm not sure if we can live in a world where pick one of three is ever going to create this type of men, this type of play style. I, I've, I've, you know, we can look at all all the other specs because you have rows of oh, this is the utility row. Um, and then uh, you have, for some specs, uh, this is the AOE row, and you're always going to pick the bigger number. Or this is a row where you have AOE, single target, and something else. And that's maybe when you pick something, but then it becomes mm -hmm. unbalanced. For instance, the Warlocks always pick the AOE option where the Cataclysm is, even for single target. So it's it's a weird world where I think maybe the talent system is drawing them back. And I know that certain specs, I think we talked with Ward Up, where Enhancement has... Like Ashida's like, this is how you fix the spec with the, all the talents and spells and all of that. Do you guys have anything like this or what would you see Unholy be like? Uh, in terms of fun, numbers, push numbers aside, in terms of stuff, fun, like what, how would you see Unholy be designed as fun? Do we need like an overhaul for the talents or uh, just play more on what already exists? They're I really think, close right now, honestly. Yeah. I like Unholy. One thing, like the one thing I want is for Skirt Strike to be on Captain Definitely K. And if they fix that, I would be very happy because that makes it so that we are beast in AoE burst. And it kind of, it enables a build which is played and can be played now, just doesn't feel as good as it could do if you uncap Skirt Strike in Definitely K. So if you're not aware, it's, it's built on the Infected Claws Bursting Source build. So Infected Claws applies lots of festering wounds in AoE. Bursting Source means that when we burst those, they deal AoE damage. So the idea is to build up tons of wounds on all the targets, pop down definitely K, burst them all and deal millions of damage. That's the whole idea. And that just, you know, falls a bit short because you set up all these wounds, you pop down your definite K, and you can only pop five at a time because that's the cap on Skirt Strike when you're sending your definite K. And it's a bit unfortunate because you have lots of targets, lots of wounds, you can't really pop them all. You can't have this, you know, the first Skirt Strike just deleting a pack like it did in BFA. And that's the only unfun part of it, in my opinion. Yeah. I, I definitely agree there. Uh, I would like to see some of these, like, super bad talents in the tree oh, yeah. be buffed up to be competitive as well. Uh, if we look at like Pestilence, for example, that would fall directly into like that Festering Wound build. If they were to change that talent to generate wounds while Death and Decay is active just all the time, it would make the Bursting Swords build just way more fun. Stuff like that. Those little changes. Like I said, when Bicep started out, they're really close right now. Uh, and for example, if they wanted to make the Disease build viable, all they have to do is, you know, drop say gargoyle or unholy assault out of the talent tree 
add back in Necrotic Plague and then that disease build is alive and well again. Like, they're really, really close. They just have to actually commit to it and do it. And if they do, Unholy could be incredible. Like, could be incredibly versatile, could be incredibly fun, and have a flavor for everybody who likes Unholy. It's just, I don't know why they haven't done it yet. They're so close. <laughs> yeah, I know. When it comes to the point of, you know, having talent choice, because that generally doesn't happen, I do think, to be fair, it is difficult to create, you know, 36 talent trees where each talent row has situational choice. Like, most often, if you have an AoE row, it's <laughs> tricky to create three times of AoE, types of AoE which can be picked in different scenarios. Usually, you know, one of them is just best, and that's it. So I think it's a tricky one. Obviously, it's not impossible, and I would love to see them... Uh, just tune the talents more often. We have yeah. too many instances where there's a talent who sits on the tune for the entire tier expansion, but it could just, you know, oh yeah, tune it up a little bit this month, a little bit more next month. Is that enough? No, let's do a bit more. Or if that we look iterative. At, yeah. Uh, or for example, um, Harbinger of Doom, um, that's been in our talent tree forever. Uh, like the last two expansions, it's just been a dead talent the entire time. Oh, yeah. It, I think it's paying for UP though, so that's also something to consider. <laughs> only because you can't use Soul Reaper in PvP. But, I mean, you I'm can, just saying that you know sometimes we are a bit you know we snowed in on our PvE perspective. I mean, ah, these sounds are yeah. bad. And they look at these with the weirdos that play PvP and they use them. And you're like, okay, I would, I would have found some use. I would agree with you <laughs> if Sludge Belcher wouldn't be a PvP talent. <laughs> yeah, like, I guess that's a point. But bicep, I'm one. I do want to point out that even though they use it in PvP, does not make it good. It's only because nothing else in that road does literally oh, yeah. anything yeah, yeah. for them. <laughs> it's like, it's yeah, the yeah. only one that even adds anything, and it's like 0.01% <laughs> damage. <laughs> so anyway, okay. yeah. More frequent talent tuning would be absolutely wonderful, like Bicep said. Mm. That would keep things more diverse, keep things more fun and engaging for people. And they could explore some really cool build options if we look at the last time they were doing frequent talent tuning back in Legion. Like, if we look at the start of Legion to the end of Legion, the builds we played were so vastly different, specifically for Unholy. We started off focusing on a Festering Wound build uh, with uh, Instructor's uh, first lesson, I believe it was. And then we eventually moved on to uh, the you know pet-centric build in Tomb with Arbiter, and that's only that only happened because they were tuning the way our talents worked. They were tuning the way our abilities worked in order to really suit the playstyle uh, more. And due to that, it created one of the most fun playstyles and Holy has ever had. Like people loved Arbiter, and yeah, if they just started doing that again, it it could be really fun. <laughs> All right, cool. Just to like have it uh, a conclusion onto what we talked so far. So unholy right now is still in this this very thin line of okay. Let, let's let's acquire. Let, let's get to the point where we get four piece and double egos. Let's see how we're gonna roll from there. Currently in in the meta, it's not like the worst performance pick. It's not like the best performance pick, but definitely worth having yeah. in your group, no doubt. Um, obviously, <laughs> there's a lot of changes that could be done. Although I am at, at, at the beginning of the podcast, uh, Bicep said that you know some some tuning may occur. Although I think we're gonna have to wait for the race to end. I don't know if they're gonna do anything like super. At least the DPS. I know they did the hotfix for Blood Decay, which really pumped them up. Uh, <clears throat> but I'm I'm not expecting too much. At least after the the, the race to world first ends. Uh, that's yeah. the thing. Um, and fair conclusion for for at least the performance of Unholy, I guess it just got the short end of the stick when it comes to the power of power. The tier set, you know, although it was not uh, super terrible, it's not that great either. It's kind of, okay, you know, definitely um, in terms of like gains worse than other specs. So this yeah. is the main issue. The spec in, in, in and of itself isn't that problematic necessarily. It just got, you know, unlucky with the, the borrowed power. Which I would say it does indicate that at least for the future, we could look at, you know, some some better days, dare I say. Um, there's other specs. So this is the thing, right? When you look at specs that rely so heavily on borrowed power, that becomes a, a major issue when you transition to a new season, a new expansion, blah, 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 blah. 
if Unholy doesn't have uh, this this big reliance and it's doing like middle of the pack kind of numbers there, I think it's it's very promising. So looking at 10.0, are you guys? I know Biceps is very excited because you know he he's generally excited about life, but Tay Tay seems to always have this this sort of like grounding, you know, pulling pulling pull me back in. And I really want to get Taze's opinion on this because I don't think I've heard it. So, so Taze, if you're looking like realistically looking at 10.0, we, we don't know shit. But yeah. what are your expectations for Unholy uh, in 10.0? Like super real, like based on, on ground. What what do you expect for the spec? With all the changes that are being made at Blizzard internally right now, with mm -hmm. all the new designers they're hiring on, all the new talent they're bringing in, I think there's some potential for some really cool stuff to happen. Ooh. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but honestly, with um, if we're looking at like some of the newer hires, Scarizard, for example, absolutely wonderful guy, talks to the community, MVP. has some brilliant ideas. He's the one who designed our tier sets. Like I love the guy's designs. If, for example, somebody like him comes up and takes over Death Knight's uh, class design, for example, we could see some really cool, some really innovative stuff, stuff that we have never seen before. So I am hopeful too, but I'm... I do want to say, with how far behind Shadowlands fell, like, let's be real, mm -hmm. they, they were behind on their patch cycle pretty heavily. I don't know if they're going to have the design time to make 10.0 as great as it could be, but I don't know. They could. And if they do, I'm going to be really excited to see it. Yep. Maybe not necessarily at the beginning of 10.0, but somewhere in the 0.1 patch, you know, maybe gathering up yeah. some some you know so some ideas and implementing them this is a good point to, you you mentioned really something really cool and i think this could hold ground for future expansion still having uh, a spec unholy in this case playing multiple builds and iterations on the course of an expansion like legion i, I that for me that sounds pretty cool because you always feel you know, it's a fresh start in a way for each new season to have, okay, now this build is viable, now we can do this build, you can do this build, and, and so on and so forth. And it does implement, you know, some sort of, let's say, iterative process, because it does involve, you know, tuning talents, abilities, or some external power if you want. But overall, things are looking good. I'm, I'm, I was trying to, like, get yeah. this, this community perception to, you know, and holy shit, no, it's not shit. At the end of the day, not no spec is that shit. It, are, is there? I mean, <laughs> when you when you, if we're gonna be talking about community perception, and you look at, I don't know, people playing meta specs like mages and boonkins and saying that unholy shit is like, okay, I'm yet to see you guys do like 11k, 12k, 13k single target. So I don't know why we're talking about this uh, this meta this being good or bad when people cannot play their specs to the utmost because it takes a while. There's a learning curve, and uh, once you have that done, you're pretty much going to perform better than not, or the majority of the players anyway. So before we get to that point, how about mastering the spec first and seeing exactly what it is about? And at the end of the day, Unholy is, I, I believe, a, a pretty cool group. I know that uh, Bicep mentioned that it doesn't bring a lot into Mythic+. Plus, in the grand scheme of things, I always appreciate an AMZ every now and again. And, uh, you know, breaking out of fears, breaking out of stuns, Unholy is a pretty, pretty cool spec. Yeah, grabby hands and all of that. So we're supposed to talk about no, We're not talking about that. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, but just in the wise words of uh, Bicep Spam, just have fun, goddammit. It's fun. Just enjoy it. You'll you'll do well. Does it, don't don't look at locks. Just if you want to improve yourself. Um, the pessimistic words of Tay is look at Frost. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair point. Well, there's always a backup. Fair point. Well, I'm looking at logs right now, and um, yeah, it's a you know, it, it definitely looks better in 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 Mythic Plus. But holy shit, look at Blood Decay in Mythic Plus. Okay, never mind. <laughs> It's uh, it's not healthy to look at it right now. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll have to see. Unholy's going to slap in Mythic Plus still. Just when it's, it's really competing good. with Frost, it's not going to look as good. But yeah. if you want to play Unholy in Mythic Plus, it's going to be really good. I, I don't want oh, yeah. want you guys to give that wrong idea though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. It's it's <laughs> it's a shame that the tier set really doesn't do much in Mythic Plus. Like yeah. it has uh, yeah. close to zero value. If we're going to be honest. True. And that's obviously going to be difficult when you compete with Frost DK. So have a tier set which is pretty damn powerful in the plus it's very very good so you get it's very biased right 
Exactly. Right? I'm gonna try. I'm, I, I promise I will try out to play some uh, Frosted Mythic Plus as well. I mean, it's there. Might as well, you know, give give it a go. Hell yeah! Uh, I even swapped my loot back to Frost. Hello. Oh, changes are coming. Yeah, yeah. This, this, is, yeah. this is the first sign of the apocalypse, man. I'll give you guys a preview of next time. Hey, Bicep, when are you trying the gavel two-handed plus um, or two-handed of lit in Mythic Plus? You gonna go pay? You gonna do it? (laughs) Oh yeah, this is fun. Do it. It's good. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then stream it too. And by the way, oh, cool. speaking of streaming, uh, be sure, guys, to, uh, to to check the link in the description. In case you're listening to this on, on you know Spotify or whatever, go to YouTube on youtube.com slash mocast and check the description so you can uh, get the links for um, the, the Biceps Pump YouTube and uh, Twitch and all of that. I don't know if Taze has anything over there. I think I've asked it a couple of times. If he's going to have something, it's going to be there. But definitely good good sources of uh, both information and entertainment, oh, yeah. I would say. But especially like if you you know look look, look or read biceps pumps on uh, on holy guides, you're gonna learn a lot about the spec. And I've looked at the guide, Jesus Christ, it's a lot of information there. Holy yeah, fuck. it's uh, Shadowlands for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean the, the 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 man put in put in some work, so you know has to be praised for it. Uh, do we do do Thank we you. want to? Yeah, man. Do you want to address anything else? Because my well, time is um, getting... Yeah, I guess I guess this is as good as a point as any. I would expect more things to happen with uh, with Unholy 9-2. And if it does, and if it's like really juicy, we can uh, get back into it and talk about uh, how the state of Unholy is maybe in a couple of months as well. And I know that we're going to be chatting about Frost Decay soon. So uh, thank you very much, guys, for, for coming in today on a, kind of a short notice to Man, really, really I chat wanna, about Unholy. I want to stress this out. These boys... Whenever we want to do an unholy or DK podcast in general, these boys are the first to go name the time. It's like, you know, huge respect and love for you for for, for the boys. Always, always being down to to doing this. So 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 yeah, if anything happens, definitely we'll have another <laughs> podcast with the boys dissecting and discussing. Really, really, nice. really awesome. Uh yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you very much, guys. And uh and thank you for watching or listening uh hope you got uh, uh something out of this i know i always get something out of these unholy dk podcast because you know I'm, you're I'm getting that to, one step closer yeah closer because i have i have my unholy dk the last time we did the podcast i made my unholy dk started leveling his ass then you know we started no, now you're gonna farm rep in zerath mortis it's all good it's all good uh, but yeah, thank you guys for watching and Shit. listening. We shall see you on the next Monday, uh, probably with Breaking Wow. If not, you know, some some other juicy topic uh, to discuss or class. Well, we'll have to see. Until you, next everybody. time, bye. See ya. I've been loving it then, I still love it now Still, I play wild Still, I play wild Getting better every day, let me show you how Cause still, I play wild Still, I play wild It's getting harder to stay, but at the end of the day It's a guilty pleasure, so just log in and play Whether it's classical retail, I'ma do a slash bow Still, I play wild